This is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! So, listeners out there, if you are looking for a thrill, if you're looking for something that will blow your mind, yay, something that will leave you breathless. You know, Mike, I'm telling you right now, okay, you, my friend, have to calm down, okay? You need to cut back a little bit, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about here. Listeners, again, if you are thrill seekers... You want to get that heart racing a bit? I'm telling you right now, go visit Mike Carbno's Facebook page. He has been sharing recipe after recipe after recipe of exhilarating, I don't know what you want to call them, food items. My gosh, Mike, I am so excited when I visit your page. Really? Well, you know, it's uh, coming up to the, well, I don't want to say it's coming up, but Holiday seasons are going to be coming, and I'd like to share things that uh, people would use for their holiday season and baking needs. Okay, well, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that excuse, and I was being very um, uh, facetious, by the way. <laughs> so, oh, facetious. So. Yes, actually, uh, uh, Mary has been sharing my Facebook page, and she's liking everything like crazy. Oh, so, oh you're blaming Mary for this? Uh, these dives into these, um, I don't know, are, are they like secret recipes of some sort? Or is, what, what's so special about them that you're sharing them over and over? That's like the only thing you do on Facebook now is share, no. sharing recipes. It's no. like, Mike, are you, are, you, are you like a 90-year-old grandma right now sharing <laughs> your, your <laughs> recipes you know, with the world? I mean, what's going on here? Nothing. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, actually, it is. Uh, it, you know, Mary is actually sharing a lot of things on there, and, and you know, and I told her, you know, just do whatever you want on there and okay. enjoy it, and that's that's what's been happening. And she's I, a, a I, great sharer. I kid, by the way, Mike. I'm totally. I'm kidding. I I, I I feel like I hurt your feelings now. And by the way, listeners, oh, no. um, if you're wondering why Mike sounds like he has a ice bucket over his head. Um, there is a reason. Because I do, and the ice pick is in my ear. <laughs> and he has little eye holes cut out, yeah. you know, right <laughs> right in, in the bucket. And Made a little grill in the front that I can lift it like... Yeah, absolutely. Like Sir, uh, you kinda, Sir Galahad. Sir Galahad. <laughs> in uh, in um, yep. uh, the Holy Grail, yeah. That's a good... Knights of the Round Table. Good visual, good visual, but... Yes, when we are able. Very good. I feel like I'm watching the movie right now. Watch the Pramalot. Now that <laughs> was uncalled for, my friend. No, I'm kidding. 
Um, but it is good to see you. Uh, well, guys, if you haven't figured it out already, this is the Paranormally Zone, your weekly dose for all things. Hey, you guessed it. Paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself. <laughs> the man who needs no mic cord, Michael Carbno. Yes, that is the reason Mike sounds like he has that said ice bucket over his head while we record because yeah your darn your uh, microphone cord went out on you today so um we're making yeah, I, we're making do we're making do yeah so i have these cheap earbuds that uh, have a built-in microphone and just got to go with that sounds like you said beer buds beer buds <laughs> beer buds no all right. No, and I'm not missing beer to where I would actually say that. Oh, oh, hey, I never thought of that. Yeah, Mike's not having withdrawals by any means whatsoever. Oh, no, I have not had any alcohol since the Sally House. The still. Sally House, exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> that's Well, I'm making it up. I'm making up for you, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. Well, it is good to see you, Mike. Uh, we have returned. It is Friday again. We've returned to a Friday night Friday, recording. Friday, Friday, That's what I said. Um, you sounded more dramatic than I did, but um, we had been releasing episodes uh, <laughs> the past few Sundays. We're back on Friday evening. We figured Sunday, it was Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Did you want to take over? Did you want to take over <laughs> no, the show? I'm highlighting as you go. Okay. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for putting the lighting part at the end of that. So, um... <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We decided to re it was time to return to our Terminal sub-series. It's been a while. Uh, it's, it's, it's much needed. It seems to be a fairly popular little sub-series. Um, if you are new to the program, and believe it or not, we do get new listeners on occasion, time to time. Our Terminal sub-series is where we, we basically slam the book, our personal book, on any subject of our choosing. We give it the final yay or nay, no shades of gray. We slam that door, never to bring them up again. The last few have been like, uh, let's see, Valiant Thor we covered. That seemed to be a popular episode. Uh, demons. We, to be. we walk down that aisle <laughs> of demons again, so no uh, worries to longtime listeners. I shall not, this Catholic boy shall not, ding, 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 bring up demons ever again. And I, <laughs> that's not a promise because I'm sure I will down the road. What? We're not going to focus on them, <laughs> solely focus on demons for an episode. Then the last one we did was Giants of Earth, you know, past giants, perhaps current giants, in the humanoid form. Have they? Do they? Hominid. Hom yeah, very good. Um, humanoid, hominid, whatever. Have they ever existed? Do they exist on this Earth? Um, but yeah, we give our final opinions, yay or nay, no shades of gray. Today is no exception. We're diving into... A pretty interesting and cool, fun topic. The idea of shapeshifters, Mike. Now, this is something that I know we've mentioned in passing several times. Um, skinwalkers come to mind immediately when we think of the shapeshifter phenomena, but we've never really sat down and had a chit-chat about them and uh, gone back and forth, and uh, I think it's about time. <laughs> Mike's smiling and laughing have at me. Have a chit-chat. Shall we have tea? Along with our chit-chat. <laughs> I think so. Have a crumpet or a scone. <laughs> a piece well, of toast with whole butter. You know, that is one thing. I will tell you right now. I have a lot of pet peeves. Shocking, right? A lot of pet peeves. I mentioned this to, to Bridget not that long ago. Um, 
<laughs> well, actually, the latest pet peeve that I pointed out to her, and she, her response was, you need help. <laughs> but uh, this is not what I'm going to, this is not the point I'm getting to, but the latest one I shared with her about my pet peeve was, I can't stand listening to or watching people bite into apples. <laughs> I don't know, it's something about it, it just absolutely, it's like grates on me, it's like the classic fingernails on a chalkboard, just... <laughs> And I like apples. I just can't stand looking at oh, them, yeah. hearing people eat them. You don't, you don't have to. I mean, you can love an apple. You don't have to like the way they sound. That's very, very true. And it's not how the apple sounds. It's how the person <laughs> well, sounds, you know. But well, I don't it's know. Actually, that's actually a combo. sound crunching through the skin into the meat. That's exactly the right. That's exactly right. So getting back to why I brought up pet peeves, because when you're talking, would you like to have a cup of tea? <laughs> It's It's something, it's a visual that bugs me. And yeah, maybe I do need help. I don't know. I cannot stand. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And I'm sorry to our listeners who may do this. I mean, more power to you. It's just me. I'm being a dork. <laughs> I cannot stand the visual and the sound of people drinking their tea out of a glass cup with a little glass tray slash plate underneath it and clankety, clankety, have to have their cup sitting on the, the flipping miniature plate. Why? What is the necessity of said plate? The sound of it, clankety, clankety. And just it comes across to just like, I'm better than you as I need this tray to support my cup. I'm done. Are you back? <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I tell you, Patrick. Well, you know, what? there's a lot of etiquette here. Yeah, I you get know, it. That's I, why I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I apparently don't have etiquette. I have none. I, I, I get it. I wish my wonderful English grandmother were still alive. And <laughs> she went through all the schooling from in her orphanage that she grew up I in know, England. I know. That's the thing. And, and uh, you know, the, it's, it's like, it's a lot of etiquette. I mean, it's, is there any spillage? Is there any drops that you might want to catch from that? Uh, do you need, uh, um, you know, do you need to have that to hold your cup to steady it? You know, you know? I, I get like the classic etiquette, the classic schooling, you know, the British, you know, tradition almost of, you know, like, like you're talking about. And I have total respect for that. I respect your grandmother. I, you know, everything she was taught, I'm sure she was just a polite wee little lady. Oh, and, beautiful, beautiful. You know, but when I see, I see it on like based. on American programming every now and then. I mean, there's nothing to do with British at all. I mean, it's American examples that I've seen and heard and it drives me bonkers. Um, and I apologize. I will seek help on Monday. Yeah, because we are not ripping on the British because oh, that, hell no. cut, that cuts no weight in my house. I got it. I absolutely want a hundred percent understand. I'm yes. just talking about my obnoxious pet peeves. So um, yes, do you have any pet we peeves? Have some wonderful English listeners that I know, and I'm not apologizing for what I just said because I'm not pointing. No, I'm not. I'm, Pointing out I'm them. I'm defensive, aren't I? You are. I'm getting frightened. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into what we're really focusing on Gosh, yet. Gosh, I just hope there's no <laughs> British shapeshifters drinking tea right now out there. I don't know what's happening. Mm. Well, don't forget the little finger as well. Oh, God. That pinky. <laughs> <laughs> it's for balance or hanging yeah. your napkin on your serviette. Okay, so just my, my final statement, just be clear. No disrespect. Absolutely. I absolutely love the British. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I respect your traditions. I respect the etiquette. I'm just talking about my obnoxious and apparently absolutely wrong <laughs> pet peeves. So, um, 
No, we can't say that somebody's pet peeves are wrong because it's sure just how they feel. It's it's an individual thing. No, when I bring them up, it's though, like, I usually get I told that you, I'm wrong. <laughs> if you if you like uh, uh, buttermilk, it's like, am I going to tell you? No, that's wrong. You can't do that. Well, I'm no. not I'm not bothered by buttermilk. It's the same. It's the same thing as having a pet peeve. You have every right to do that. I'm not going to tell you you can't do that. Do that. <sighs> so, but no apologies. I don't know. I so, feel. I feel like I should shifting. I, tell I feel you. like I should. I, I feel like I should send out a written apology. <laughs> I, I just I, I feel like I'm a. I'm going to wither down to a little pile of boneless goo on the floor. Here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> so a nice pint of English bone broth. Oh, cool? uh, there you go. <laughs> you know, there's an idea for another podcast about <clears throat> Patrick's pet peeves. Nice alliteration right there. P P P triple P. Excuse me. All right, sorry everybody. Thank you for let for indulging me, and uh, again, all apologies. Hey, okay, Mike. Hey, total respect for your uh, whatever you. You know, Mike. In all sincerity, you and your your shape has shifted <laughs> as of late. Um, Absolutely, by about sixty yeah, pounds. Sixty-eight now, actually. Holy crap! You've okay since last time we recorded. You've lost another eight pounds. Well, that's when I during that time in between is when I discovered that I had lost that. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, so. man. Well, it's Mike, we're about 12 minutes in. I suppose we should uh, talk about shapeshifters, <laughs> yeah. huh? Now, the reason that I brought this this topic up, where I suggested it to you, and, and you seemed like you're, you're pretty cool with that idea, and so, hey, oh, absolutely. here we are. Awesome subject. With our return to our Terminal sub-series, was the last place you would ever guess. I was perusing, you know, the YouTube the other day, and I, you know, sometimes you follow the algorithms, and sometimes as things pop up, you're like, "What the hell?" And I saw this this headline that said Billy Corgan's shape shifter story. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with who Billy Corgan is, Mike. No, um, I'm not. He is a well-known name in the music industry. He came up. Uh, He's the uh, lead singer and songwriter for the band Smashing Pumpkins. Do you recognize the name? Oh, Smashing I know who Pumpkins? he is. Yeah. You know, I thought the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. But when you say that, yeah, I can. He's got a top of his head is kind of like a pumpkin, actually. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. If you okay. painted so it orange, I, yeah. So I know exactly who you're talking about. Go so, ahead. um, but I saw this headline. It was a clip of him on Howard Stern. And I was like, "What the hell? Okay, what, what the hell is he talking about here?" And I won't quote him word for word because, quite frankly, I couldn't do that. But the gist of his story, and Howard was trying to get as much out of him as he could, but of course he wanted to keep it secret. And he's like, well, I'll tell you off the air, you know, I want to, you know, I don't want to sound too <laughs> crazy, basically, and stuff. But what we got out of it, what the listeners got out of it, was that Billy Corgan truly 100% believes he has had an encounter, not once, but twice, with the same shapeshifter who the only clues he gave were a woman who was in his bed. So you can kind of go, <laughs> with, you know, you can go any number of ways with that. And so other headlines were like, Billy Corgan had sex with a shapeshifter and all that crap. You know how that goes. Yeah. But I was like, sure. wow, that is really interesting. He's saying it with a complete straight face, and you can also tell that he's kind of embarrassed because he knows how wacky and weird it sounds. Right. Which makes you want to kind of believe him even more because he's, you know, he, mm. he didn't come across as a liar to me when it comes to yeah. that story. So henceforth, well, not henceforth, but hence, that's why we're here talking about shapeshifters now, because that that was a very intriguing 
intriguing to say the least. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> story there by by Billy Corgan. If you haven't seen that interview, go check it out. It's pretty pretty interesting. And judge for yourself. Now, Mike, I know so, we've talked about. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Ask, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so a woman shapeshifter, but if it's a shapeshifter, is it actually a man that is shapeshifted into a woman to to uh, uh, you know? To That's the thing. Kind of fool, Mister Corgan, because you know I don't know. You know, and what's the purpose? What would be the purpose of this? Is it like a procreation thing? Is it just a... Because he's really not a very attractive man. <laughs> hey, you heard it so. here first, folks. <laughs> you but, know, it's no. it's intriguing because so many things pop pop into your brain when you think about what the hell could have been going on there. Um, I mean, I'm not suggesting he was, but of course, you know, the, the, the skeptic would go like, well, you were obviously effed up on some sort of hallucinogenic right. or something. All you rock and rollers, right. you know, the drugs and the and he, you know, he said that himself. He says, like, he goes, you know, Howard, I'm telling you right now is that I could have been hallucinating. I'm tell all I'm saying is I I am I saw that, not once but twice. That's what I saw. But yeah. he wasn't saying he was hallucinating because he or he could have been hallucinating because he was on something. He was just saying, I maybe maybe something weird like that happened to me and all, all I'm telling you is that I saw this. Yeah, but it was something that was significant enough and something that was solid enough in his mind enough to be real. Right. You know, to not just let this go right away as something that, oh, I was just messed up. Exactly. So this definitely had a lasting effect on him. So very possible something there. There are so many different aspects and so many different um, examples of, you know, said shapeshifters. We're going way back in mythology, going way back in folklore. Um, in crypto, cryptozoology itself, you know, like I said, the aforementioned uh, Skinwalker, um, the, the, the Wendigo. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're going to run through a bunch of them here. And what are you doing, Mike? Are you, you're, you're doing like a cheer. No, I was pointing up at the top of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the same, I got the same message. So <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, um, we're, we're very professional here. So we get a 10-minute <laughs> countdown when our, this portion of our chat needs to be needs to come to an end, but never fear, we've just got it started here. We're not going to be wrapping it up in ten minutes, that's for sure. But um, so, where do you want to go with this, Mike? Uh, I mean, we're going to spare our listeners with any sort of history lesson. <laughs> Again, frankly, we wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think. Um, Depends on what kind of history you want to cover. Have you ever had any sort of personal experience, Mike, where it could fall under the category of some sort of shape shifter at all? Even in, even in a, a dream state, you know, it's, I know it's a weird question, you know, but it's. Because, you know, I don't think I have, not even in a dream state, but I, it's something that I would love to experience. I mean. You would love you know, to experience it. You wouldn't I be would freaked? love to experience it. Well, you know, you, then you hear the stories about the skinwalkers and things like that, and, mm -hmm. and and what's their purpose? What are they? You know, you know, a lot of people go disappearing in the woods, and you know, and if there's skinwalkers out there, and you hear about what they can do and what they do, you know, yeah, that, I mean, it's that would make me think different. But we'll briefly talk about some of the the like the Navajo lore of the skinwalker, sure. you know, and. Uh, Along with fantastic few, uh, few other examples, would you consider like you know when we were, you know, not flippantly talking about it, but like the idea of maybe perhaps Billy Corgan was being intimate 
with some sort of a shapeshifter, you know. What popped in my brain there was the idea of like a both the incubus and the succubus, you know. Sure. Would you consider that some sort of form of shapeshifter? I mean, they have been known to take several different forms, so why not, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you put it that way and you, you think about stories that you've heard and yeah, I would put that in the category of a shapeshifter for sure. You know, there's shapeshifters that are doing different things like like the uh, the skinwalker type shape shapeshifters that you see out in the woods. I mean, I that's, that's not going to be an incubus or succubus type situation, I would say, but but who knows, you know, steal your soul. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and the, again, there's like some of these examples lean more towards like the spiritual aspect, you know, and some are purely physical in nature, you know, and some are a combo of both. And we're going to dive into a bunch of them here and give you our final yay or nay. No shades of gray. Do we believe in the existence of said shape shifters? You know, Mike, that's a good little segue into our, uh, into our much needed break here. I would say, um, do you mind hanging around for about two minutes and I'll send you that uh, second invite since, I, like I said, we are professionals and we need to break this down <laughs> into two separate portions. Are you okay with that? I am fantastic with that. Okay, you just had a blank look on your face. I think because our internet, <laughs> internet ca- uh, connection was shocking, unstable at that moment. So we're nothing but, uh, we, we, we soak ourselves in professionalism here. So um, <laughs> I stink of it. Well, that's what you said it, not me. All right, hold on, boys and girls. This is going to seem absolutely seamless, but you know what? Hey, Mike, you know what? Talk about on-air production meetings. It's been a hell of a long time, a hell of a long time since we've taken a time-traveling excursion. This is true. Well, that time-traveling excursion soundbite didn't go too well, so I just threw in the... uh, Price is right, loser horn. So I think that was pretty apropos. <laughs> so, um, Mike, let's dive into some of these, some of these fascinating examples. Um, and the idea of shape shifting is fascinating in itself. In itself, I should say. In case anyone wasn't familiar, and if you're listening to this podcast, you chances are you're familiar with what the idea of shape shifting is. But I will, um, I will say this: that in mythology, folklore speculative fiction and perhaps real life right perhaps real life perhaps perhaps uh shape-shifting is the ability to physically transform oneself through an inherently superhuman ability divine intervention Uh oh here's that word demonic manipulation sorcery spells or just simply having inherited the ability (laughs) so my daddy was a shape-shifter Therefore, I can shift my shape. So, <laughs> hey, I'll just leave it at that. Mike's uh, laughing, but that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Lots of examples. Some people believe that werewolves, you know, um, are a prime example of um, a real, oh, perfect example, real shapeshifter. Yeah, exactly. So. Does it sound like a good idea, Mike, just go through briefly some examples of shapeshifters that turn from, that change from human form to an animal and vice versa, from animal to human? We'll give you a few examples here before we... Absolutely. uh, Let's get an idea of what uh, we're dealing with here. 
some of these are kind of silly, you know, this list that I found. <laughs> You know, but a lot of them are stuff that we've talked about. Silly. Well, it is, yeah, I get it. The whole <laughs> thought of it's silly. Are you giving away your final answer already? Are you oh, no, giving I'm a yay or nay? All. all right, I was gonna say not at all. Don't give any. Uh, don't give any clues. I'll make everyone click the off button before oh, we no. even reach nope. the end. One, <laughs> I just laughed at this one though. I have never heard of this. I don't even know if I want to share the description because it's kind of self-explanatory. The Nanoi or Nanu, it's N A N A U E, the Shark Man of Hawaiian legend. <laughs> yes, you heard right, everybody. A were shark, not a werewolf, a were shark. Hawaiian legend of the Nanoi. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, that's kind of. I'm sure you did just fine. Kind of a silly example, but. Um, in all sincerity, there are a lot of people who consider, and maybe you're one of them, Mike, if we buy into the legend of mer people, would that not be an example of a shapeshifter? I mean, you've seen the movie Splash. Well, Daryl Hannah, she changed oh, sure, back and yeah. forth. Well, there, there's a certain amount of shapeshifting going on there that they have a capability of doing, yeah. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. And we all know that, you know, what you see on the TV screen is all real. It's all and legit. And we weren't there. Eugene Levy was. And so was Daryl Hannah. Well, yeah, she <laughs> was the myrrh woman. <laughs> <laughs> the the myrrh thing. <laughs> Ever heard of the berserker legend, Mike? The berserker? Oh, hey, I am deep down inside of me. I am a berserker. Are you really? Well, it's an oh, old Norse. That's an old Norse oh, yeah. uh, legend. Yeah, absolutely, you. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, I've had had a few battles in my life. <laughs> well, an old Norse written written a corpus berserker were those who were said to have fought in a trance like fury. Mm -hmm. A characteristic which later gave rise to the modern English term berserk. The etymology of said term. Berserker, it likely means, quote, bear shirt. Mm -hmm. Someone who wears a coat made out of a bear's skin. Now, there was a 13th century historian who interpreted the meaning as actually bear, as in B-A-R-E, slash bear shirt. Bear shirt. That was basically to say that the warrior simply went into battle without armor, but that's been seen to have been widely misinterpreted, and we're talking about the actual animal, the bear. It so we go, say, uh, we go on it, here, and they, you know, we're, we're this list, this um, article that has the examples. Basically, they were bear warriors slash half man, half bear. You know, these wild beasts. They would, they would howl. They would, they would foam at the mouth. They would, you know, they would actually be able to gnaw the. I'm reading it right here. Gnaw the rims of their shields. <laughs> and their Chevys. <laughs> and their Chevys. <laughs> <laughs> well, well according to belief, during these fits, these bear warriors were also immune to steel and fire, which, of course, made great, great havoc among the ranks of the enemy. When the fever, the fever, as it was referred to, abated, they returned to a weak and tame state. With a slight rash. 
<laughs> That's crazy. No, I have I have long, you know, thought of the berserker uh, legend. You know, being it's really know, interesting. I mean, it is. Yeah, you know, it's a great Viking thing. It's like right. You know, there there were actual berserkers that you know, but were they shapeshifters? I don't think so. You know, like it, like you described the, what they wore, the bear skins and the, you know, it, you know, if they were coming after their, you know, you know, whoever they're fighting against and, and their enemy sees these, you know, these crazy animalistic and animal looking things, you know, screaming and yelling, foaming at the mouth. I mean, that is such a tactical, you know. Oh God, yes. And you know, I'm sure. I'm. I think that maybe they were, you know, kind of hopped up and on some kind of a, you know, brew or something that, you know, you know, something that that got them going. And you know, uh, well, it's, you know, it's one thing. It's, it's one thing to look at it as like look at it at the perspective from the perspective of the enemy attacking these crazed, you know, warriors. But then you you can kind of flip it around and perhaps dressing in such garb truly did bring out the animalistic nature of, you know, these these warriors again. You know, maybe they felt like they were being emboldened by the spirit of this bear, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, oh, and absolutely. A, and in a sense, they were becoming such a thing. You know, I you know, I get I get that. It, it's like the the Hakka warriors with their chant. You know, in the islands and that, that are, mm. it's so impressive. And they, 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 you know, they, they, they stomp and make the faces and the yelling. And it's, uh, I think that was originally a, a type of, uh, uh, tactic for scaring their enemies mm. and things. Oh, and Mishka agrees. A dog. <laughs> um, we've, we've spoken in depth quite a bit about the, the legend of the Wendigo, um, mm-hmm. Again, a mythological mythological creature slash evil spirit spirit man, I can't speak today. That originates from the folklore of Plains and Great Lakes natives, as well as some other First Nations. Now, um, the the physical representation it varies widely when it comes to this. Uh, gosh, this freaky ass thing, you know. <laughs> a Wendigo always kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. It just oh yeah, I'm. It- the pictures that I mean, the drawings that are depicting this are just some of them are amazing. Like these oh, beasts with like I know like huge deer antlers and things like that, and that'd be that'd be a like, great like uh, giant portrait to have in your room somewhere, you know, just if you want to feel like getting yourself freaked out every now and then. <laughs> that'd be good to put you in the mood for a that. yeah, have, put you in the mood for <laughs> to do a crazy paranormal podcast. That's for sure. Uh, some rep- representations describe the Wendigo as a giant humanoid with the heart of ice. A foul stench or sudden unreasonable chill might actually precede its approach. That's kind of interesting. Now, you hear all stuff about Bigfoot. Obviously, there's similarities between... The, uh, some similarities between the Wendigo legend and Bigfoot stories. You know, the foul stench is a huge one. That's Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Wendigo is probably like a... Like a more unkempt cousin of the uh, <laughs> Bigfoot. He's the sloppy, dirty guy that you, no one wants yeah. to talk about. And he's the guy, he's going to come to the family reunion, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, every Bigfoot family has that Wendigo that they talk about in their family. 
Now, it's interesting here because it does go on to say in modern psychiatry, the Wendigo lends its name to a form of psychosis known as, hey, you guessed it, Wendigo psychosis, mm. which is characterized by symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh, yikes, and an intense fear of becoming a cannibal. Interesting. Wendigo psychosis is described as a culture-bound syndrome. In some First Nations First Nation communities, other symptoms such as insatiable greed and destruction of the environment are also thought to be symptoms of Wendigo psychosis. Very, very interesting. But we go on here in the, you know, the folklore aspect of the Wendigo. This is a description here from an Ojibwe teacher and scholar, Basil Johnston. And he went on to write, to write and describe the Wendigo as gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets, the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from superation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition. Death. Thickening sweet smell of decay and death. <laughs> Corruption. Um, smell of gooey maggots. <laughs> ooh, yummy, I'm, yummy. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Um, and o- again, in Ojibwe, again in Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, and so on and so forth, other uh, native lore, Wendigos are often described as giants. They're many times larger than human beings, a characteristic absent from myths and other Algonquin cultures. Again, you know, we have so much stuff to get through in a limited amount of time. I don't want to focus on one or two individuals. But I needed to talk about the Wendigo because... It's the legend of the Wendigo is it's based on, you know, help me out, jump in anytime you want here, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, the legend slash maybe possible reality, as is similar with several other legends and, you know, myths, is that they're kind of like an omen, a precursor of something to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not something that you want to encounter. Um, no, I like believe, the banshee. like, like the exactly great example. The ban, <laughs> I like how you pronounce it too. The banshee. It's the wee banshee. So wee banshee. Um, now I know the skinwalker is considered to be like a, a witch in some form as well. You know, the Wendigo is, could be similar in nature. Again, there's so many different interpretations and descriptions of these things. But the I, I mean. It morphs into this, what we have, like we kind of described before. I kind of lend, or I kind of tend to look at the Wendigo creature itself as just that, as a creature um, of spiritual conception, if that makes any sort of sense. Sure. Is it possible to have been conjured up somehow, some way by us mere mortal folk. You know what I mean? Is it something that is created by us humans? Um, I don't know. I'm going on a tangent here, Mike. Uh, jump in. Your thoughts on the Wendigo? 
creepy you, as you hell. Know, is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, you hear you hear of curses that that bring these things up as well. You know, like mm. a cursed land, like like Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, if you know, if anybody watches that uh, weekly uh, series, uh, I've just been kind of getting into it more and enjoying it quite a bit. But you know, the shape shifting and the 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 they they talk about the the cursed land that has been you know uh, cursed by a native uh, fighting over the centuries and things like that. Oh sure, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So does it, is that why or where these come from? You know, who, who knows? Mm, I like that idea. So again, yeah. that is kind of like a man-made thing, then, in a way. Yeah, like a like a like a curse. I mean, uh, and you hear stories of uh, it. It's it's like a a medicine man that has to do something. Oh, thank! Something that's what I was drawing a blank that, on. That, yes, that uh, turns and he'll turn into, you know, the skinwalker. And thank you for bringing up the medicine man. Yeah, because that's that's what I was drawing a a blank on. You know, like you know, the medicine men, they they can just they go into such deep trances. They can go in such deep trances, and they, <laughs> I mean, who the hell knows what's coming out of that? from time to time, whether it be good or bad. Did you just speak? I heard... Hello? Yeah. I, oh, okay, I you said, did. <laughs> oh, okay, you said, uh-huh. I literally, all I heard yes. was like... I was inflecting <laughs> an, okay, I understand, keep going. All right, and you're like, shut up, Patrick, shut up, and just keep going. Now, those are just a couple examples of a human allegedly turning into like an animal type form you know the medicine man maybe perhaps conjuring it's himself conjuring himself that doesn't work you know what i mean morphing himself into some sort of wendigo type creature obviously we mentioned earlier the werewolf is a classic example now quickly an example or two of um an animal transforming from human or yeah an animal transforming from animal form obviously to human is the Selkie. Have you ever heard of the Selkie, Mike? No, I haven't. Uh, Selkies are mythological creatures, supposedly mythological again, that can shapeshift between seals, seal form, and human form by removing or putting on their seal skin. They were featured prominently in the oral traditions and mythology of various cultures, especially those of Celtic and Norse origin. That's a really inter interesting one. I've never heard of seal shapeshifters. <laughs> well, I, depends on where you're from, I guess. I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no. If you're from Lapland or something. Well, you don't want to meet those Selkies from the bad part of town, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Selkies have a dual nature. They can be either friendly and helpful to humans, but they can also be dangerous and vengeful. Selkies are often depicted as attractive and seductive in human form. And many stories involves, involve Selkies, get this, having romantic or sexual relations with humans. Sometimes See, there's some succubus stuff going there's on. There's some succubus stuff going on there, 100%. Sometimes resulting in little Selkie children. Hmm. But also goes on to say there that Selkies can be coerced or tricked into marrying humans, usually by someone who steals and hides their seal skin. Preventing them from returning to the sea. Oh, you dirty bastards, you. I'm going to take your skin and you're stuck with me forever. 
I want my skin back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. This is <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of interesting there for a second until like, ah, nope, I found this damn seal. It's not going anywhere. They're mine. What are we to say? I mean, you know, <laughs> there are stranger things that. <laughs> Great show, by the way. This world. <laughs> Another example here. Again, we realize how silly some of these sound. As Mike said earlier, you know, the, the, the concept itself is silly. We're not saying that's not legit. We're not giving away our answers. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um. The Tanuki Mike is a raccoon dog. The mm. Baka Danuki found in the classics and the folklore and legends of various places in Japan, commonly associated with the Japanese raccoon dog or the Tanuki. Although mm. the Tanuki is real is a real extant animal. The Baka Danuki that appears in literature literature has always been depicted as a strange perhaps supernatural animal. What the hell are you shaping? You're, you're shaking. See, I'm all wound up now. Mike's shaping I, his head. He's shaping I, I, his head. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this. I apologize that I'm reading so damn much, but I want to get through as much as I can, and I can't do this hey, off the top of my head. You wouldn't know this stuff. <sighs> the inkling. Aw. I know. <laughs> I have a totally different idea of what an inkling is. Well, it's very tiny. It's just a little... <laughs> it's a little tiny little guy. of a thing. No, we're skipping that one. I was joking about that. Inkling is actually... big, sharp, pointy <laughs> teeth. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, the Inkling, along with a couple other examples here, are totally pop culture created. That one's actually based on a uh, video game, so we're not going to go down that. Mm, yeah. The Boto Encantado, the river dolphin. Now, a lot of these um, legends are obviously... Aquatic in nature. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that. I like saying aquatic in nature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jacques, let's go. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sweating. I'm like really warm right now. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought you had oh. like an incense burning behind no. your left shoulder. That's just smoke. <laughs> no, that's, that's steam no. coming off of my back. Yeah. Now, now let me just interject here about this aquatic i know that i'll be quick here no please but do there are shapeshifters there that, that we know about look at the octopus i mean not just the coloring that it can but it can it can conform and contort its body and its mm -hmm. tentacles into the shape of, of different sea creatures or 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 a, a different kind of a fish i mean the intelligence the 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 it's got the ability with its body and its color I mean, that is true, scientifically proven shape-shifting. You know, that's a really interesting point, you know, interesting way of looking at it, too. You know, it's if you want to find some stuff that's kind of icky and creepy to look at, find, like, um, it's out there somewhere. Find, like, this video clip of an octopus that was, you know, caught in, like, a fisherman's net or something. But it's, it's in the back, it's in the stern of this fisherman's boat. And it literally is able to smush itself down into such a thin shape that the tiniest little crack in the side of the boat, this flipping good-sized octopus was able to escape by just yeah. squirming through this little thing. And it's like, oh, my God. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. gives you the heebie-jeebies a little bit. It's like, ouch! Well, <laughs> believe that octopus originate from beyond our planet. You know, that's That's really weird. But hey. Well, when you think of the intelligence that they have, 
mean, it's, it's amazing. Now, again, we're running short on time here. We need to save enough, enough time to give our final year and ain't no shades gray. But uh, we'd be remiss in not bringing up, we briefly mentioned, you know, the werewolf, werewolf earlier. Uh, lycanthropes, right? Lycanthropes? Lycanthrope. I mean, that, that's a real thing. Um, and whether or not you buy into it being supernatural in nature of like a human being shape-shifting into this creature, we did cover a case of that we gentleman did. from England. In England, who, right. Who... Um, if you search hard enough, you can find, again, it's alleged, alleged video clips recorded from Ed and Lorraine Warren themselves who say they have him on camera shifting his shape. You know, um, yeah. I'm, I, I Apologies, I'm, I'm blanking on the gentleman's name right now, but that was a really yeah. fascinating topic. But he, he um, had a lot of encounters with um, – police, the authorities, because of his alleged shape-shifting and his inability to control himself. Well, yeah, and he went went around peeing on fire hydrants. That's the worst part. That was the worst part. Yep. Scott from the yard did not appreciate that. And I don't blame them one bit. But, you know, we (laughs) we kid and we jest a little bit here, but if that guy, if his experiences were legit... I mean, that's just one tiny little example of what could be just a, an e- enormous reality, you know, when it comes yeah. to the possibility of shapeshifters out there. This is yes. one little human example. Perhaps there's more to it. We don't know. Maybe it is just a medical condition, a rare medical condition, but maybe there's something it, more to it. It very well could be, but, you know, just think of how many examples of this could be out there, like you said. We don't know. You know, and some of, I'll just fly through a couple of these here. Because aside from animals turning into humans or humans turning into animals, other alleged examples of shape shifting include, well, there you go, demonic possession slash demons, changelings, um, doppelgangers. Now, that's, a, I have never really thought of that as a form of shape shifter. Doppelganger sometimes you have to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, kind of connect some dots to get that. I think because I mean I'm sure everyone knows, but doppelgangers are supposedly like your twin on the other side of the mm-hmm. world, biologically unrelated, look alike, basically. So it it could it possibly be a, a doppelganger is a, a specific creature that has oh there you go maybe a maybe a like a a form that is you know not human, not anything, but it can make itself into anything. Right. So that would be where the shape-shifting is. Uh, a doppelganger is actually I like that idea. A specific creature. That's creepy, but I, that's kind of cool. Now, it's kind of similar to another one. I mean, what would be the difference here? Another example they give is of, of a mimic. I mean, it's, it's just basically the same notion, the same idea, just another name for it, I believe. We have the Tengu. We have the. <laughs> I'm not going to read that one because that's an obvious joke. Um, we have from Futurama, Mike, the the wear car. <laughs> the wear car. <laughs> yeah. You want to know what the wear car is? It's called. It's otherwise known as the honking. <laughs> it was the honking. Fe- the honking featured heavily, prominently in the 18th episode of the second season 
of American animated television series Futurama, The Honking. Uh, sure. So it, I got it. You got it. You get. You get. You get the joke there. You get the gist. I've never really watched Futurama. I've never watched it. Bridget has it on every now and then. Um, it looks. It looks pretty interesting. God dang it, Mike! We got our second sign already. Uh, that's time to go. But that's what terminal episodes are all about. Again, these are hardly history lessons. They're hardly anything that you're gonna. <laughs> hey, Professor Johnson, listen to these guys. You'll learn something from them. No, we're not <laughs> saying that right now. <laughs> You'll learn that this world is full of idiots, and they usually are in pairs of two. Yeah, and they have every now and then have a <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. But Mike, it is that time. We the time is running out on us right now. We gave a very you know a very brief rundown of some examples. Some obviously kind of more on the on the silly side than others, but in all sincerity, Mike, of say? all the examples slash aspects of these shape-shifting phenomena. Where are you sitting? Not literally. I know where you're sitting right now. You're sitting on your chair at your podcast desk. Yes. How do you straddle that paranormal fence when it comes to shape-shifting, Mike? You got to give it the yay or nay, no shades of gray. Well, uh, to put it briefly, simply, and concise, I will say yay. No way. No way he says yay. I say yay. There is something out there. I mean, I'm not going to say a caveat. I'm not going to say that I know what it is. Uh, but there is something out there. And, you know, I go to this answer often with these things that, well, there's something out there. Yes, there's something, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. That's like a, just an easy way out. But I think, you know, the legends, the, the stories that, that have been handed down for generations from, you know, native uh, history, they start from somewhere, like we say, with other things. It, this starts from something. And I think it did start from something, and that something is still going on. And like the shows, like I said, like Skinwalker Ranch and Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, great example. Um, very interesting show. And so you're giving it, you are giving it two enthusiastic thumbs up. Yay. Yes. All right. Now, I did update uh, the show description. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, basically, it says, hosted by, you know, one fervent believer and one open-minded skeptic. I think that that's fair. I ran that by you, see if you thought that was okay. And I think it's, I think it describes yeah, us pretty well. You did. Not saying that you believe everything blindly, Mike. You believe things with right. with your heart and your, your mind. You, you don't just right. willy-nilly go, yep, it's real, without even thinking about it. I got to feel it. I got to feel it. I got a feeling. Well, Mike, I might, sh I might shock you on this one. Okay. Or not. Final word. Skinwalkers, Mike, jump out to me as beyond creepy, but also with an underlying spiritual aspect to it. And that's what I like about it, is this potential spiritual aspect. Whether it's benevolent or malevolent, I think there's something there that is beyond the physical. Mike, I'm giving this a damn yay. Oh. I, as bizarre as some of this sounds... And it's kind of how flippant we might have been joking about some of these crazy yeah. examples. Well, that's, 
That's how can you me. not? Yeah, well, no, not you, but <laughs> how can you not kind of giggle and laugh at some of these things because they just sound like oh, really. I'm wrapping myself around the possibility of this being real. I'm giving it a yay simply because of the potential of it having that spiritual, that underlying spiritual conception. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it. I like the idea. I'm giving it a yay. Absolutely. I I think that's fantastic. And I you put it so eloquent eloquently. And when I was trying to say it, I was sound like a bumbling toad with only half a tongue. A bumbling toad with a half a tongue. That's very yeah, specific. It doesn't sound good. Well, but yeah, I, you know, you're right. You're right. I agree. Is this the first time that we've both had... I don't think it's the first we've had mm. dual or duo yays. I think we've both agreed on something before, you know, giving it the big thumbs up. Can't pull mm. it right now, but... Uh, I can't think of that. No, but um, I get distracted by the countdown thing. I, I keep I looking know. at it. I'm just like, God damn it. How much time we have left? Like, how many thoughts yeah. do I have to share here? I need to get out. Yeah. I'm failing I had miserably. To get closer and move my glasses up so I can look under <laughs> of my, my bifocals. Well, it's time to wrap <laughs> it up, though. Uh, short and sweet. This has been pretty fun, Mike. Um, fascinating topic. Yeah, I do absolutely. like the idea. I do like the possibility of shapeshifters, so much so that I particularly believe that the skinwalker phenomena is real. It's based on something legit. So uh, we're going with that. As do I. As does Mike. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I know it was kind of a bumbling, stumbling episode, but we somehow made it through, and hopefully it was pretty entertaining. Definitely not informative, but maybe entertaining slightly. <laughs> That's right. Maybe? Well, I don't know. Hopefully. Um, Christopher Walken, if you could describe this episode in uh, two words, what did that remind you of? Turd pile. Damn it. <laughs> He doesn't like any of our stuff. No, I, I don't I, want him on our show anymore. <laughs> well, he's been quiet the whole time. He's just been, he's been very polite. He has to give it in every now and then. So I, I promised him I'd let him get yeah. on the show. So anyways. But why does it always sound the same when he says it? I don't understand that part. Well, I sedate him. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Anyways, thanks Mike for making this work. This has been pretty cool. I'll uh, put the show together and let you know when it's available and up and running and uh, we'll start prepping for the next, but not really cuz we never prep. <laughs> yeah, well, just think if we did. Yeah, we might actually be good. <laughs> All right, on that note, Mike, until next Ten, time, what do nine. our uh, stop it. What do our awesome <laughs> friends of the podcast need to do? Peace out.